Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Alboverde. What's up Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's show, we'll be joined by Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun to discuss all the news surrounding college athletics with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 moving to conference-only games in 2020. We'll discuss what that means for the SEC and the Florida Gators. We'll also get Graham's thoughts on Trey Mann returning for his sophomore season and what Florida's lineup could look like in 2021. Here was my conversation with Graham this week. We are now joined by Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun once again in person to discuss everything going on with Florida Athletics, the news that we've received this past week, and where things are at with this COVID-19 pandemic. Graham, welcome back into Locked On Gators. How's it going, my friend? Thanks, Zach. It's always my pleasure to be here, especially in person. We had talked a couple weeks ago that it was always going to be kind of hard um, this time to find times to link up. We know that we haven't seen anyone else, and especially right now, I'm glad that we were able to do this. But uh, the news on the horizon, I don't think is as promising as you and I meeting up, unfortunately. Yeah, and even as we speak here now, the latest comments from SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey is that his confidence for a football season not happening is high to very high. Uh, there's definitely some concern there, not only from him, but commissioners around the country as we're seeing conferences come out with decisions this week about moving to a conference-only format for the 2020 season. Before we get into that, let's get into, I think, what's been in the news prior to that, which was schools coming out and announcing what their reopening plans were going to be for the fall. We've already seen USC come out and announce their plans the previous week with only online classes or the encouragement of that. Some other schools have released their plans, and on Friday, we got the detailed plans from the University of Florida about what they're going to do this fall to bring students back to campus. What was your reaction to that and some of those measures, like having obviously more online courses, but you even saw they're going to reduce the size of in-person classes, but even have some outdoor classes. So they're really trying to mix it up. Yeah, I, I think the biggest and most sobering, realistic, whatever you want to call it, aspect of the University of Florida's release is that there is just some classes that cannot exist online. Professional degrees, a lot of fields that Florida offers really require clinical study. They require in-person treatment. And I, I really think that the university was making sure that they had the right places and the right steps in mind going about this to make it possible to, that they could bring people back to campus while still doing the majority of their studies online. I know that a lot of people saw in that release that Florida was even going to have some classes outside. Honestly, that sounds a little bit miserable to oh, me. Man, if I was a UF student, I would not be t signing up for those courses. Bring a couple shirts and, and an umbrella at the same time because you just never know what whether you're going to get there. It's definitely going to be an experience for sure, but we are at the deadline where universities had to announce this stuff. They really, like I said, kind of waited until they had the last possible measurement. I think that the University of Florida, you have to commend them here for, I think, going about this much safer than a lot of other schools. And you and I have talked a lot about one of the benefits of UF Health and what that can give 
Florida, they're gonna have masks available, hand washing is gonna be available, social distancing is gonna be required. And in the UF Code of Conduct now, if you don't wear a face mask, when you're required to wear a face mask, you could face student conduct violations. So UF is doing everything they can to remind people that they should keep wearing masks, even though they're gonna be in a classroom type setting and around other students. As for everyone else, I can't say how successful online class is. That really is up to the individual. I think the University of Florida has some great professors that can get creative with their presentations where it's a little bit above and beyond just your usual walk through a PowerPoint type online class. Sure. I know that that really doesn't work for people like me. So I really hope that people have had the foresight in, in the amount of time now to develop an online curriculum that's really going to work for a lot of people for this to work out. And I think at the end of the day, even though everyone would say this is maybe a, not at the forefront of their minds, but it's certainly something that I think everybody had in mind, which was the fact that you are able to move ahead with a plan to have a fall semester, that means you're going to be able to have fall sports and that you can justify that. But we don't know what it's going to look like here at UF in the SEC and even around the country. We saw the news from the Big Ten. They were the first domino to fall in terms of the Power Five conferences coming out and saying that they're going to have only conference games in 2020. And we saw the Pac-12 follow up that decision with the same move. What was your reaction first to those leagues coming out at this time and making that move, even though they still have a couple weeks that they could have waited before making that call? Obviously, I think ultimately it was the right move to make. I think there are a lot of pros and cons to think about. One, conferences can set mandates of what procedures their, their member institutions should go through, what steps they should follow. They can be in constant contact. You don't really get that when you have an FCS program, a Division II program coming in. Just the line of communication is not always as clear cut. Then you can really kind of give them also a conference championship to compete for. So something to compete for. It kind of evens the playing field a little bit. My big question is, what are you going to do about teams like Florida that are supposed to travel to Mississippi, to Missouri, across state lines? Is that really safer than playing some of your rivals, your in-state rivals like Miami or FSU, in this case for Florida, for Georgia, Georgia Tech. Uh, I think it would make a little more sense to say that one of those games where they maybe have to travel more than 500 miles should be replaced with one of these in-state schools. I'm not the one making those decisions, but I think there's definitely a case to be made. But clearly, the conferences have the advantage of being able to have that line of communication, talking to these institutions. And really, I think the biggest thing when you boil it down is that it's going to keep a lot of schools in line, making sure that programs aren't going across country week one. With fall camps, the way that everything is heading, it could get extremely messy. I don't even want to think about how bad it could could really get if we have all these cross-country road trips. So I think playing in conference right now is best for everyone. I just really hope that we see nothing but chartered flights and that they really take the precautions that the NBA seems to be taking because we have seen sports leagues restart around the country, in Europe, now in Orlando in the coming weeks. Now at this point, college football is following a model. So they really aren't going in to the darkness without a guide. There's a pattern that they can follow. And if they do it right and they follow it, everyone has a much higher chance of being safer from this. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders parts on his computers, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're speaking with Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun. And Graham, you mentioned there during your last comments about Florida maybe trying to replace a game like Missouri with another matchup that would be closer to the Sunshine State. If, let's say, the ACC does follow suit with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and moving to conference-only games, that would eliminate, obviously, Florida FSU. Could we even see the SEC move from, okay, if we're only going to play conference games, we're going to take some of these matchups where our teams have to travel, like you said, across several states, and maybe do you replace some of those games with like an Alabama or another West team like Auburn that's a little bit closer and makes more sense geographically? Who knows? That's what they're going to decide on Monday when the SEC athletic directors get together with Commissioner Greg Sankey in league offices in Birmingham to decide how they're going to move forward with scheduling. And I think we're going to get a lot of information that comes out of that meeting. I think so too. I think that Greg Sankey, when he spoke the other day, he didn't mince words. He was very clear. He spoke about how realistic it is that we see only conference games. I don't know if they are looking at a proximity-based battle. I would obviously love to see if that happens, if you have to replace that Florida playing UCF or, or something, we finally get that long-awaited battle. Yeah. But I think the biggest question is, if you're in a state that has to go across state lines, and the big question, obviously, is fans. We don't know what that's going to look like yet. I doubt that we're going to end up seeing fans there. And in that case, I think it's much safer to bring teams across state lines because then you don't have to worry about as much contact tracing tailgating exactly that's another big kind of elephant in the room that the university of florida hasn't really addressed and, and really all that they can say when they are a state university if they do have games if there is possibly minor attendance they really can't say too much about tailgating sadly um it would be a little bit unprecedented but i at, at this point i would not be shocked I would be shocked, though, if we do have fans in the stands come fall for football Saturday. Yeah, we've already seen NFL teams come out with some capacity limits for the season if they're able to have games. I think Baltimore Ravens have put theirs at 14,000. We've seen 15,000, I think, floated out from some colleges as well. So that's still, I think, down the road. I think first these teams and these conferences have to figure out what games they're going to play. And you mentioned how it could play out with them reshuffling some games. I think I even saw one report where one of the suggested models for the ACC would be to move to a season where they actually only play, what was it, like four or five opponents, and they play each other twice during the year, one away, one home. I don't think that that would necessarily be something that fans would be excited about, but they would probably take any kind of football at this point. So one thing I think we can say for sure is that the SEC is going to wait, I don't know necessarily as long as they can, but they will probably be the last league to make the call on, on what their conference games are. Maybe it's part of it is because they want to see how things play out in this region. Yeah, I think that's the other thing. You know, much of what we talk about 
may end up being null and void in two, three weeks. That's one of these uncharted wilderness type things that you have to talk about and kind of add a little asterisk to with every point and you make is that we don't know what it's going to look like in the next two weeks. The state of Florida just released statistics that there's 7,000 people in hospital beds with COVID-19 or coronavirus complications. We don't know if that could explode. We don't know what could happen. And in this case, in two, three weeks, much of what we're talking about right now, and it would just kind of look silly to be having football. I really hope that's not the case, but we still are kind of in a precarious position. The United States did not flatten the curve. We have seen cases explode as testing has increased, obviously. But with much of that comes the warning that if people don't follow social distancing right now, we are not going to see college football right now. And this is right now, now or never. We're speaking with Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun. Let's uh, switch topics now and get your thoughts on the Florida basketball news that we saw this week. I think it was expected with Trey Mann deciding to withdraw his name from the NBA draft, return to school, but it did become official. What did you think of Mann making that decision and, and what that means for this Florida basketball team? This was something that Florida staff felt extremely confident about, that he was going to come back. The Gainesville native, former five-star product, after he put his name in the NBA draft, again, so much uncertainty facing that situation as well. You've seen several other players who've put their name in the NBA draft, like Maker Maker, the cousin of Thon Maker, decide that he wasn't going to wait that long, that he was going to commit to another program. Much of these high-rated players who are not obviously top lottery picks are, are going to make the decision that they're going to go back to campus or that they're going to head to the G League, which for a lot of people right now is is not the best possibility, especially under certain circumstances. I think that Trey Mann certainly looked at his G League options, especially with the chance to collect a paycheck right now. That is something that is enticing for players, but realized that he had a much higher ceiling if he returned to college, continued progressing, had a chance to compete for Florida's starting point guard role, which he will do with Tyree Appleby, the Cleveland State transfer, and I think that if Trey Mann continues improving the way that we saw at the end of the season, he has a significant chance at winning that role, or at least playing significant minutes for Florida, increase his draft stock. And when players can go through the formal process of the draft, interviewing with play with teams, going to workouts, that stuff wasn't possible this year. And it yeah. was a big reason why guys like Andrew Nemhard and, and obviously Trey Mann chose to come back to the college level because they really couldn't sell themselves on anything other than their film. So I think that Trey Mann made the right decision here. If there is a college basketball season, again, I, I don't think there will be in, in front of any fans, but I do think that we will see basketball if they follow the proper procedures that all these other programs and athletic clubs have shown. And, and it's right in front of them. Just have to go out there and get it. And if there is a basketball season, I think that you'll see a much improved Trey Man in Gainesville this year, Zach. And I think with him, and you mentioned Andrew Nemhard and obviously his departure to Gonzaga, the expectation now is that Florida's going to be able to push the pace more at that point guard spot with Man taking over Appleby. And that they'll look maybe a lot different as a team, especially on the offensive end. I do think that in the in terms of the backcourt, I think that you'll see a much different Florida backcourt. I would not be surprised if you saw Tyree Appleby and Trey Mann on the court at the same time. Florida will have multiple small ball options with Keontae Johnson coming back, able to play the four. Scotty Lewis coming back, able to play the three and the four position. The real question for Florida, once again, and I kind of feel like I'm, I'm beating a drum at this point, is the five spot. I, I think that when you lose not only Kerry Blackshear, but when you look at the lack of height and physical dominant presence that can run at the speed that Mike White wants to run at, they are few and far between, and Florida has not landed one of those 
I still think that Omar Payne can be an extremely good five. Jason Jatobo can be an extremely good five, but they're more likely to kind of be complementing each other at this point. If they can get a five or a four who can run the court and finish in traffic while also creating his own shot and rebound the way that Mike White likes and play defense, then everyone else will be much improved. But last year, they really didn't show that. Kerry Blackshear brought a lot of things to Gainesville, but let's be honest, being a physical presence in the five was not one of them. Unfortunately, that doesn't take away his impact and what he brings to the floor, but clearly Florida needs something at the five position in my mind in order to really get into that top 10 and live up to those preseason expectations that many people had of them a year ago, Zach. Well, as you guys can hear from Graham Hall's comments there, there's a lot more certainty in his voice when he's talking about Florida basketball personnel than the prospect of a college football season. That's so true, sadly. We will continue to monitor the situation, obviously continue to bring you guys all the updates as they come in, and we'll look forward to hopefully some sports this fall. Graham, thanks once again for joining us, my friend. My pleasure, Zach. we got to do this again, hopefully under uh, happier circumstances. That'll do it for today's show. Make sure you head over to the latest Locked On NFL podcast to get all the news from around the league. And make sure you tune in to a new Locked On Gators episode next week.